Our sermon today is from Luke, verses, Luke 12, verses 4 through 7. If you please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 12, verses 4 through 7. This is on page 1107 in the Black Pew Bible and in the Adventure Bible, 1259. Luke 12, verses 4 through 7. Have no fear. Now read in Jesus' name. And I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to study your word, we ask that you would send your spirit upon us that we might understand it. Lord, that it might be applied into our lives, that it might change us. Lord, thank you for your word, giving this to us. Bless us now as we come to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was discussing this text with Kirsten earlier this week, and I don't know many times when I have approached a text and had the sense that I was looking into a deep well that I just cannot see the bottom. And that's this text. Like there is so much stuff going on in this little itty bitty text that I've read hundreds of times. Yeah, I'd I'd be willing to say that. Hundreds of times. I've just never peered into the real depths of it. And so as we look at this, I've entitled the sermon Live Fearlessly because that's what it's telling us to do. Don't, Don't be afraid. And when Jesus says that, He says that horizontally. You do not need to fear anything in this world. And when I talk about horizontally, that's what I I mean. I don't need to fear you guys. You guys don't need to fear me. Why? Because within this world, our power is limited. Everybody's power in this world is limited. We fear Vladimir Putin. We fear... President Biden, we fear Donald Trump. I don't, it doesn't matter. We fear the random stranger on the street and we fear the numbskull that's coming towards us when we're driving on the road. Um, <laughs> we don't need to fear these people. And some of you are saying, yeah, I do. Dar's like, you have no idea. <laughs> so you get working for the DOT, right, Travis? You see all the numbskulls. Um, <laughs> We don't need to fear these people because their power is limited. They can only do so much. Once they get to the point of killing the body, they're done. And so everything before that, sure, they have influence. But are they really, are they really powerful in that? Well, not really even. Because even if they kill the body, what does that matter? You know, what are, uh, Chrysostom is famous for saying that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And so Jesus, you know, Chrysostom observed it. Jesus is teaching the same thing here. 
when they kill your body, they've lost. Kirsten and I, uh, I actually kind of feel ashamed to admit this in public. Um, we like Star Trek. Um, <laughs> and there's a scene in Star Trek Deep Space Nine where the wharf is being beaten down. And the guy that's beating on him says, I can't beat him. I can kill him, but I can't beat him. And this is the reality. Unless someone can change you, they can't beat you. They might be able to kill you, but they can't, without your consent, change you. It doesn't matter what they do to the body. It doesn't matter what they do to the emotions. It doesn't matter what they do to your reputation. It doesn't matter what they do to your finances. They can't change you. They don't have power over your soul. They don't have power in the spiritual realm. They don't have power there. They can't change who you are. They don't have power. They can kill your body. They can bring you to that point. They can mock you. Have any of you ever been mocked? I have. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. It seems to happen far too often. But, um, no. They can do that, but does that have to change me? What was it, Eleanor Roosevelt, who said that no one can be offended without... Yeah, no one can offend you without your consent. Make you feel inferior. Okay, thanks, Doug. No one can make you feel inferior without your own consent. So why would I change with that? Why would I change my view of myself? Because I agree with that person. They don't have that power. That's me. Nobody can make me mad without my own consent. That's me responding to it. Nobody can make me sad. That's me responding to it. No matter what someone does to me, all of that, all they can do is touch the externals. They have no power over me. So Jesus says, don't fear them. They have no power over you. That's between you and God. That's between you and God. They can't make you afraid. This is, why, why are there martyrs? Because there have been times when people have pushed Christians to such a degree and, them, and those Christians did not change. They did not give up Christ. That the last step was finally to rid the world of them. We're just going to kill them. We can't do it anymore. We're going to be done with it. But you know, the fascinating thing is, that actually wasn't their end. Because they continue to bear witness. That's why we call them martyrs. The word martyr isn't a person killed for their faith. The word martyr is a witness. They witnessed to the powerlessness of this world. That's the witness. It's the power of Christ and the powerlessness of this world. Do not fear the things of this world. What can they do to you? Nothing. They can't change you. They can only kill your body. They can't kill you because you are more than your body. They can kill your reputation, but they can't truly kill your reputation because you're bigger than that. That's a part of your body. They can separate you from relationships. Well, that's a part of your body as well, and I don't want to get into what all our body is, but our body is that which interacts with this world. We interact with this world through our reputation, through our thinking, through our emotion, through all of these things, and that's fairly deep philosophy, and so I'm going to stop with that thinking. But we don't have to fear man because they can only touch the external. They can't touch us. We're hidden in Christ. They can't touch us. But fear God. 
So I can live fearlessly towards men, but I ought not to live fearlessly towards God. Have you ever heard anyone say, only God can judge me? Like, that should give you terror. Because God knows. God knows the absolute depth of everything that we do, and he knows why. He doesn't just see the actions. You guys can see my actions. You can see my external. You can see my body. You can't see my soul. You can't see why I do what I do. You can't see why I say what I say. You can't see all of those things, why I think what I think, why I feel what I feel. You guys can't see those things, but God does see those things. He has that power. He has that authority, and he can interact at that level. So can God kill all of the external things? Think about that. Does God have power over your reputation? Yeah. Does God have power over your body? Yeah. Does God have power over your home, your finances, your, your job, your future? Does God have authority over that? That's, we fear him because he has authority over that. He has authority over all these earthly things. We think we do, but we really don't. And that also, so do not fear men. Do not fear yourself. How many of you have ever been afraid that you have screwed something up so far that it can't be fixed? I've been there. Who am I fearing? Man. This guy. Who am I not fearing? God. And so do I need to fear that? Do I need to fear my failures? No, I fear God. I don't need to fear my failures. I can trust God, fear him, who has authority over your body, all these physical things that you touch, and then also authority over your soul. Because he has the authority to cast us into hell. He has the authority to destroy all things that we have, all things we have to the utmost degree we fear God. God stands above any man. God stands above our own thoughts. God stands above the thoughts and the, the opinions of everybody else. I don't, I don't care what people say about you on Twitter. They don't have power over you. <laughs> Twitter's not real life anyways. Neither is Facebook, by the way. These things aren't real. Our soul is what's real. God has power there. Fear God. Keep your eyes on Him. Because this stuff, it just passes away. Praise God, it passes away. You know what? Our bodies are passing away. Isn't that great? We don't have to live here forever. Praise God. We can trust him then with those things which are eternal. Fear God. Why? Then Jesus, this is, this is the part where I felt like I was staring into this deep well that I could see into but I can't see the bottom of. Because your value is tied into your fear. Have you ever thought about that? I haven't. Never. When I came to this text, I was like, what are you talking about, Jesus? This can't be right. And I started interacting with him. He was some philosopher that I was debating with in my own mind. It's like, wait a second. This is Jesus. He is right. I am not intelligent enough to comprehend these things. How does all of this stuff work? How does this all come together? So why don't I need to fear man, but I need to fear God? Because are not, two spar- are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head 
are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. So why do we fear man? Because we look to man for our value. We look to man for our value. Why do I fear for my reputation? Because I base part of my value on my reputation. Who am I? Because value, the value that we sense, the value that we think about, that is trying to answer that question, who am I? Am I worth anything? Do I have any place in this world? Am am I something or someone? Or am I nothing? Am I simply a failure? Am I that? Or am I something? Do I have value? Do I have worth? Am I important? And then I look to other people for that. We look to other people to mirror. And this is something I've, I've talked about a number of times. Um, and I'll, I'll actually tell another kind of embarrassing story on myself. Uh, this has nothing to do with Star Trek, though. Um, <laughs> I was at the Ridgedale Mall in um, one of the Minneapolis suburbs. I was at the Ridgedale Mall in, in Ridgedale. But, uh, and I was walking through, I don't remember, it was around Christmas time, I was getting some presents for my family. And there was, uh, there was a cute girl walking by, and you know, our eyes met, and I thought, hey, she's checking me out. And then the thought came right after that. She's probably thinking the same thing. She's not checking you out. She's checking on you, checking her out. Does that make sense? She's not thinking about me. She's thinking about her because I wasn't thinking about her. I was thinking about me. I thought, well, that's fascinating. You guys have probably never dealt with that stuff. Welcome to my brain. (laughs) What's going on inside of there? Oh, my God knows. And it dawned on me then, though, most people don't interact with other people. They use them as mirrors to try to see who they are. And so as, as I see someone, as someone's talking to me, I'm asking the question, how do they see me? How do they interact with me? Do they honor me? Do they respect me? Because if they respect me, then I can think that I'm respectable then I'm using them as a mirror, trying to see myself. Who am I actually? If Dar honors me enough, does that make me honorable? If Peg dishonors, Dar says no. If Peg dishonors me, no, that doesn't work, Joe. You're right. If Peg dishonors me, does that make me dishonorable? If someone insults me, does that make me insultable? And so what am I doing? I am using that person to discern my own value. And so then we fear man because what? Because we're using man wrong. The purpose of other people is not to evaluate us. They don't have that power. You guys don't have the power to properly evaluate me. Why? Because you can only touch the external. You can't touch the internal. You don't have the ability to say what I'm worth and what I'm not. We fear man when we give man that authority to evaluate us. When we use other people as a mirror to see ourselves. Who am I in their eyes? Who am I in their eyes? Because that teaches me who I am. But that's not right. That's wrong. Because you guys can't see my soul. And that's really what's most valuable. 
That's really what's most important. We were, it was last Advent, we were discussing in here, and we were talking about um, seeing someone who they really were in heaven. Because we were talking about Jesus coming back and them not understanding who he was. Like they didn't understand who he was. And then we were talking about people in hell and how could you, how could you be in heaven and see people in hell and not pity them? And I think it was Eileen that said, well, it's because we're going to see people for who they really are. What's inside is really going to come out. And so we don't just see the external because when we see the external, we kind of gloss on them ourselves. But we're going to see them for themselves. We're going to see them in truth. And that's the way that God sees us, in truth and in reality. And so I, I apologize. This, this sounds like, does this make sense, what I'm saying? Okay, good. Because I, this has been such a struggle this week, staring into this well, asking God, what all am I going to talk about here? But when we, when we don't see that inside, then we fear man. When we use man to show us who we are, then we fear man because then we're giving them authority over us. But when we look to God for value, we no longer need to fear man. Have any of you ever struggled with the answer to the question, am I valuable? What does God say? I don't care what your parents say. I don't care what your spouse says. I don't care what your children say. I don't care what your neighbor says. I don't care what your Twitter profile says or your Facebook likes. Those things don't matter because they cannot evaluate you. They don't have that authority. God did not give it to them. What does God say? Are you not of more value than they? Sorry, that's the, that's the King James. Are you not of more value than, for if you're not, you are of more value than many sparrows. You are value. A bull. You are love a bull. You are honor a bull. Why? Because of the actions that you've done? No, because of the declaration of God. The declaration of God. And we stand on that. So when my feelings say, Joe, you're a failure, what do I stand against that with? No, look at all of my successes. Good luck with that. I've got more failures. <laughs> If I was weighing these things on scales, it wouldn't be pretty. No. I stand with the word of God because what is the shield of faith? That's how we quench the fiery darts of the evil one. What is that at its heart? It's the truth of the word of God that we stand on. You are worthless. You are a failure. You aren't worthy of whatever. Wrong. This is what God has said. At the very least, I'm more valuable than many sparrows. I have a spot. I have a place. I have a calling. I have a position. I have these things because God has declared it. Not because I have earned it. Not because the world has given it to me. Not because they think I'm worthy. But because God has put me here. This is why. He has put me here because I have value. And he now calls me to work into this world. Are you not of more value? than many sparrows. God doesn't forget them. He hasn't forgotten you. You don't need to worry about this world. They don't have power over you. They don't have authority over anything. They can't touch anything but your body. They can't change you. 
But God can. Fear Him. Honor Him. Worship Him. Put Him first. And as you do that, your fear of man will go down. Why? Because you'll see the value that God puts on you. And if God puts value on you, who is Roger? Who is Dar? Who is Brian? To either add or subtract from that. They have nothing more to add to that. So I can't grab more value by what Brian thinks of me. Or I can't have less value. Don't worry, Roger, I've never heard you say anything bad about me. <laughs> but I, that doesn't diminish my value when Roger talks smack about Pastor Joe. <laughs> What's the reality? God is the one who evaluates me. I don't need to fear anything. Because God evaluates me. And I know what he said. Any questions? Kevin. I'm going to try to answer that question. We are not, so within this, we have will. I'm not going to use that word free. It's got all sorts of philosophical and theological connotations on it that I don't want to interact with right now. Our will, what are we called to do with it? We're called to look to God with it rather than to look to man. Because that's, our, we interact with that in our will. Um, when, if you say something either good or bad about me, if I use that to change my position, then I am looking at you, I am rather than setting that before God and trusting him with that. So it's not that our will has no place and it's not that your will has no place. It's the fact that it's not an end. The purpose of our will is to lead us to God. And so it's to drive us to him. And so as we're thinking about the things of this world, as we're interacting with this world, if I'm using this world for my sense of self, who I am, then I'm using this world wrongly. But if I'm using, as a Christian, my call is to pour into this world rather than to take from this world. And I cannot take value from this world because I can only get that from God. But once I get value from God, I can now put that upon this world. And so, my will is the thing that I use to ask that question. Am I going to serve God in this? Trust Him? Or am I going to serve man in this? Trust them. Does that make sense? Is that answering your question or did I miss something? Okay. Linda, were you going to say something? We can only touch the body. Yeah. Yeah, children have the ability to make us feel positive and negative. Okay, no. Yes and no. 
when, so the, the danger that every parent has, and oftentimes we'll talk about taking, taking pride in our children. Okay, so when I take pride in my children, I am using my children to evaluate myself. And, and that's not legitimate. So my children have the ability to hurt me when I take pride in my children, and my children have the ability to build me up when I take pride in my children, when I use them for my sense of place and position, rather than putting them before God and, and their actions before God and understanding that, you know what, if, if, I did, if, if we do something right with Anton and Rachel and Soren, that's a grace. That's the, that's the acting of God in this world. Okay, so I missed it. Yes. Okay. So then, there is, okay, so Linda asked the question, and I'm sorry I didn't speak it, the first one out, um, because then you probably would have been able to correct me at that point instead of later. So a parent has the ability to tear a child down, and a parent has the ability to build a child up. And that's because that child within, um, the child within their fallen condition does not yet know to look to God. And so once that child learns to look to God instead of to their parents, that actually removes the ability of that parent, even in the past, to evaluate that child. That stuff needs to be worked through. And there's, um, yeah, how far do you guys want to go into the modern psychological literature? Not too deeply. Okay, we're not going to go too deeply. Um, so then, I can rewrite my past as I bring those past situations before the Lord. Lord, what would you have me learn from this? Lord, what would you have me learn from that? And so as I relive those situations, I can relive those situations in light of God and asking him, what does this teach me? And so I've, I've done this in, in my own life with quite a few things, not not, not with my parents so much, but with other interactions that I've had and things that have weighed on me and you know if they weigh on you if you continue to have an emotional response to them even years after they've been accomplished. Like they're done. They no longer have any authority in my life, but yet they, I still have a very strong emotional interaction with those things in the past. Well, why is that? What's going on? That means that there is something for me to learn and that there's something to evaluate to, to go through. And so I had a, someone I considered a friend teach, treat me very badly. And I had to, you know, and that continued to bother me. It's like, well, why does this bother me? And I had to work through that. And as I got through that, I actually became free of it. Because it no longer bothers me. And some of it was my fault and some of it was his fault. But then as I rewrote that, because I was interacting with it wrong back then. I didn't have the spiritual maturity to interact with it. And so now that I have more spiritual maturity, maybe not a whole lot, but some, um, I was able to reevaluate that situation and understand, no, he was trying to be funny and he ended up being mean. And so does that really have anything to do with me? No. And so then what he said no longer can cause me any hurt and any shame because he was trying to do one thing and he failed. But that failure wasn't actually truth. That failure was 
me interpreting it wrong. And so, so with a parent, it would be the same thing. You know, that parent called me worthless. That parent called me valueless. That parent hurt me physically, emotionally, mentally, you name it. That parent hurt me in that. Is that because of me or is that because of them? Because of them. And so we work through those things before God. Because only God can truly sort through all that stuff. But what we're told is that the Spirit of God even searches the mind and heart of God. How much more can he search our heart and mind? You know, that's what Paul's talking to us about that in Romans. He's speaking about it in terms of prayer, but that also then applies all throughout. And so God can evaluate those things because he knows both the heart of the parent and the heart of the child at that time. But those things do need to be worked through. We can't just say, all right, I'm a Christian now. That's all done. I'm just going to move forward. It's like, that's not the way that God has made us to work. They need to be worked through. So, does that answer? Okay. So this, I, I speak about that because I've done that. And it's helped. And so if you guys have stuff that weighs on you from things that have happened in the past, bring those before the Lord in prayer and be as specific as you can with them, asking him to help you sort through those. Because a lot of people, I see... The vast majority of the people that I interact with at a counseling level, it's because not because of stuff going on in their life right now. That's just a fruit of the stuff that went on in their life years ago that they never dealt with. That's just reality. They never dealt with those things, so they can't deal with the stuff now. They're actually not interacting. The, I've seen people in fights not even talking to each other, but rather talking to the people from their past. And so they're fighting. But the only reason they're fighting is because this person did this in my past and I'm afraid you're going to do the same thing. Well, you're not actually interacting with this person. You're interacting with the person from your past now. And so that stuff needs to all be worked through. Otherwise, we can't interact with the people around us. So, Like I said, this, this passage is wild. I've, I have never understood, and I still don't, you know, we're, we're just talking surface level. There's more stuff here that we could talk, that there's more stuff that I've seen in this passage that I could talk about, but it's already noon. <laughs> and some of you have supper to get, or dinner to get to, and I don't want to make you miss your supper. <laughs> so this, this is what Jesus is talking about. Do I need to fear the people from my past either? No. Why? Because they can't touch anything but my body. I don't need to fear the people in the future. How many of you have heard someone say, I am afraid of what they're going to do? You don't need to. You don't need to. Because you can trust God with what they're going to do. They don't have power over you. They can only touch your body the things outside. They have no power over the inside. People in the past, people in the future, people in the present. But God, God's the one that's in authority. Trust him, worship him, fear him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I don't even know what to say. I thank you that you value us. 
Lord, and so we give ourselves to you. And I ask your forgiveness, forgiving myself to others. Letting them evaluate me instead of looking to you. And taking these things from you. Lord, guide, work, change us. That you might be glorified. Lord, and that we might be like Christ. That we might be free from these sins that entangle us. These snares that hold us down. Lord, that we might live in righteousness. Looking to you and fearing you. For you are good. And your love endures forever. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.